Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. As this is Lower Deck Season 4, Episode 5, Empathological Fallacies. Yes. That is a tongue twister of a title. Yes, it is. Uh, in this episode, which is directed by Megan Lloyd and written by Jamie Loftus, the hedonistic outlook of a Betazoid delegation infects the crew, which is a lie. <laughs> yes, it is. We'll get to that. It's it's it's, I mean, a, it's it's a it's a misunderstanding. I'm just I'm just gonna put this before we get into it. I do not like the plot of this episode. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll we'll get to that. Yes. Uh, guest cast for this includes Gideon Adlon as Halbold, Rachel Drach as Dolorex, mm. Janelle James as Katrot, Wendy Malik as Cathew, Jessica McKenna as Barnes. Gabriel Ruiz as Castro and Talyn, mm. Paul Shear as the Romulan commander, Carl Tart as Kayshawn, and Paul F. Tompkins as Miglimo. The title of this episode ref- it comes from the term pathological fallacy, the logical error of assuming all members of a particular group share traits present in one or a small number. Mm-hmm. Agreed. According to one of the Betazoid passengers, in the ancient times, Cations such as uh, Taana, yes, uh, used to hunt and eat betazoids. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> yes, especially since apparently Cations eat now synthetic betazoids. <laughs> I'd love to know how that works. Yeah, uh, the this episode this uh, hybridizes plot lines from two different episodes of mm. past Star Trek shows, the Next Generation episode, Sarek, and the Deep Space Nine episode, Fascination. Mm. This episode, of course, is a continuation of the Talyn storyline that started in Wedge Dudge, since she's now a major character. Mm-hmm. And uh, two more recurring characters are identified in the show, being both Sleepy Merp and Habold. Habold. I don't remember which one was Habold. Mm. But either way, and I do want to go ahead and touch on a bit of Trek lore that kind of comes up here, but is not really. Okay. I, I'm sure it confused people. Okay. I don't know if it confused you, but okay. I don't want to make that assumption. Okay. But, um. So in this episode, we are dealing with both Betazoids and Vulcans. Yes. In both cases, our primary knowledge of these races are from half it, half breeds, basically. Hmm. Spock being half Vulcan yes. and 
Deanna Troy being half Betazoid. Yes. And they are both told, well, Troy was half Betazoid, yes. being half Betazoid, only had, uh, ha had this nebulous ability of being an empath. I say nebulous because they never really explained how this worked. Okay. But a full-blood Betazoid is telepathic to the point where Betazoids, when they are around their own kind, mm -hmm. do not talk out loud. Hmm. They speak brain to brain. Yeah. And because from birth, they are so basically naked to each other. Mm -hmm. Open, exposed. Yeah. They, well, it is very infamous that Betazoid weddings are in the nude. Oh. And I don't just mean the couple. Oh. I mean everybody. Wow. Which will explain an uh, a line from Star Trek Nemesis. Oh, uh, okay. When they're talking about Riker and Troy's wedding and really? how everyone was going to participate completely, including Mr. Worf. Oh. You oh, now I get the joke. Now I get it. That was the joke in that one. It's it's so subtle most people don't catch it, but so it makes sense that the reason I'm mentioning it is it makes sense that the Betazoids could do what they claim the Betazoids are doing in this episode. Then you get to Lynn, who is a Vulcan. Mm -hmm. Now, Vulcans in this are in Star Trek are only shown as touch telepaths, mm -hmm. meaning they have to actually touch the subject they're mm -hmm. wanting to read the minds of. Right. But if that is all they can do. It doesn't make sense that someone with a disease such as originally Sarek, which is where the Bendy's syndrome yeah. thing comes from. It's from that episode of TNG where Sarek is so sick. He's causing the entire, his mental control, his ability, him trying to keep mental control over his emotions mm -hmm. is somehow causing all of his anger and such and frustrations to be projected out for the rest of the crew of the yeah. enterprise to feel. And that's what they're showing to Lynn here half doing. Yeah. Okay. Bear in mind that while Sarek was an elder uh, Vulcan in that episode, because mm -hmm. you know, he the actor at that time was in his seventies, mm -hmm. uh, he was still considered dying relatively young. Because mm. he died at two ninety-six. Which sounds young for a Vulcan. But we don't actually know what the lifespan of a Vulcan is, because mm -hmm. After a certain age, Vulcans tend to stay on Vulcan. Mm. Or they die before that point. Because, mm. you know, Vulcan mysticism, Katras, and all that stuff. Gotcha. But uh, they do, because that's something Talen mentions, is that normally it's a elder Vulcan who gets yeah. that syndrome, and that she has it somehow because, I guess, her intense frustrations mm -hmm. with being on the Cerritos when she wants to be on a Vulcan ship and feeling mm -hmm. like... So... The reason I'm I'm bringing all that up is because uh, this is one of the weird things about the Vulcans in the stories is that yes, they're mostly touch telepaths, but we have no I, the lore has never specified if that is due to their mental mm -hmm. training, the same kind you know that allows them to hold their emotions back so they can yeah. be logical, or if that's uh, 
we don't know if the, them being a touchdown is because it's because they biologically have to be they they, bi they biologically are or if it's because of their training i got you. and what we also don't know is if romulans are telepathic hmm. or have any of this because they are a cousin race they are an offshoot of the vulcan race mm -hmm. and technically some people around there probably should have some forms of telepathy. Yeah. But the way Romulans always showed it was, you know, or the way I showed it is because Romulans don't undergo the teachings yeah. of the Vulcans. They don't have the abilities that came from that. But then if that's the case, how is it a Vulcan can lose control and project their feelings onto other people, especially as in mass as we see in this episode? Yeah. I'm bringing that up because it's a weird plot hole in Star Trek they've never filled. Yeah. And I kind of wish they hadn't brought it back up here. <laughs> So fair, I can see that. Yeah, that's the last bit of my trivia, and I'll get more to. I don't want to bash this episode, but I have issues with this episode. So go ahead and you I got talk you. first before okay. I start. Yeah, so this episode was interesting because there again you get more of the what is her name the the Vulcan Talin Talin. You get her it's technically her, a Talin episode. Yes, but like you get her, you get her wanting to send this message she really disproves when we get off the Rios and go back to her ship and um you get this um oh crap be like you get you know the betazoids and they're they're like wild be like oh we're gonna just have parties the whole bit and it turns out they're spies and right? they're trying to get information for of the mysterious ship that's blowing everybody yeah, up that's right yeah yeah, yeah. which yeah. is anyway yeah but like i enjoyed i i enjoyed it for what it was uh th there were parts here and there that made no sense to me there again i am not a full-fledged tricky uh or trekker whatever you want to call it uh i use the term trekky okay i prefer that yeah i but identify as a trekky you identify as a trekky okay <laughs> gotcha anyways um like I enjoy the episode. It'd be like, it's be like, it's you get to understand a little more of who Talyn is and uh, her be like, be like her desires do not be on the Cerritos, which is kind of understandable because like crew is crazy. Um, and th then you get, Oh my gosh, you get the, the beta zoids and uh, Oh, what is it? The, uh, the, the ship's doctor, the cat, the Cation, Cation, Tahana, Tahana. Oh my gosh. When she like, when uh she goes all feral oh my gosh i was dying i was like <laughs> you're like where is really where's the there where's the there where's the there oh my gosh i was dying and, and when uh oh yeah because boimler gets invited to the uh the security crew yes the security crew and it's like and they're just playing games and like he's just like what is this you guys are really kick butt in action the whole bit and then the captain be like, she's been captured the whole bit, and she hits red alert, and they go into action. It's like, okay, that's freaking cool. That's like, okay, that's what this crew does. That's what sh shacks, shacks, yeah, yeah shacks. Uh, that's what they do. And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. And he's you're like, oh, okay, so, and also they're the emotional support for the group. I'm like, yeah, right. That's not the way security works. <laughs> Like I just I feel like that whole line and be like, oh, we're here for the mental security of everybody. I'm like, uh, no, you're here for the ship. You're here for the captain. You're <laughs> you are the security for the ship. Yeah. That means you protect the ship from 
external and internal oh, threats. Yeah. Do you know who takes care of mental health? Counselors. Yeah. Not like people. counselor Deanna Troy. Yeah. yeah a beta zoid. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. Why is there not a counselor on this ship? Yeah, it makes no sense. Unless you want, you know, to not to lend the, the cat. Uh, to Anna. To Anna. Yeah, to Anna. Be like, yeah, you really want her as a counselor? I think it's to Anna. Yeah, yeah it's to Anna. Yeah, to Anna. Uh, There's a lot of T apostrophe names on this are, show. There are. To Lynn, to Anna. Davani, that's a D. Yeah. But next word is attendee. Yeah, there's attendee. Uh, wasn't much in this episode. No, there wasn't. Be like, yeah, you definitely go. You you get like, yeah, Tindy be like, not Tindy. Uh, yeah, Tindy be like, wants to be, you know, she believes she is like best friends with uh, Tiana, Tana, Tana. Talin, Talin, yeah, yeah Talin is friends with Talin, and uh, Talin is like, no, we're not friends. But uh, you, you get this very interesting where you like we start to discover it's like, oh yeah, because she's the source of the problem because she's so frustrated, and her illness is causing all these weird effects on people, and they're being wild and crazy. Because at first I thought it was like, oh, they're just cutting loose, and it's like. Oh, they're actually being affected by something, and the captain makes presumption about the, yeah. uh, the betazoids, and be like, it's it's a good lesson of not jumping to conclusions, mm -hmm. but at the same time, be like, it's kind of hard not to. In in some ways, definitely the the way they describe it in this show, yeah. But uh, I thought it was an interesting show because there again, it wasn't our normal crew, you know, and hijinks and you know shenanigans. Uh, like actually Mariner is actually you know, like, yeah, let's like, let's like these people up. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. You're the one who's normally trying to go the, the causing more trouble than good. <laughs> but uh, I was like, okay, good on her. You, there's more to her character than you give her credit. Oh, for. I know that. I know that I'm, I'm very, I'm starting to warm up more to Mariner as a character. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, she's surprising me in this season. Yes. I'm just waiting for her to drop the foot and something. Something's going to happen. <laughs> what is she going to mess up now? <laughs> Anywho, anyways, <laughs> the, they they weren't wrong on Stranger Thing on Strange Worlds. Am I right? <laughs> she just wants to help. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, exactly. <laughs> this episode. Um, so truck out. Bendy's syndrome is something I wish they had never brought back up, and I'm just going to say the episode Sarek. It does this so much better because it doesn't come the flip out of nowhere. And plus they have an hour to let this slow build happen. Mm -hmm. And it, instead, because in, in that episode, I think they even, it, it takes like 15, 20 minutes before you even see the first effect. And it's subtle mm -hmm. in this one. There's like a couple minutes of subtlety, but you don't know if it's actually something or if people are just drunk. Yeah. She's not even in the room though. Yeah. And then it starts like getting worse and worse, but it was, it's going very fast. And literally there is nothing, nothing that tells you it's her. Yeah. It really feels like this is something the Betazoids are doing. And I'm sitting there watching this episode thinking, for what reason would the Betazoids want to do this other than being rich, snobbish, 
punks. Yeah. Who are just trying to get their kicks with the peasants. Yeah. That's really the vibe I was getting. Yeah. That's what I when they too. do the whole thing, it's like, and, and I thought maybe, and, and they, were, they were with, with their comments about uh, dropping their disguise and all that and coming clean and, and, and or showing their true colors, whatever it was. Uh-huh. I kept thinking, okay, there's something else here, but for the most part, they're still just, I was expecting the th- these three Betazoids to be the the rich protesters who were for some reason going to be, uh, you, you know, you know what I mean. The, the people who would protest like things happening who don't understand why actually yeah, they're protesting exactly. against. Mm-hmm. I was expecting them to like when they finally showed their true colors what they were stopping doing is that they were trying to show how horrible the Federation was because mm. Betazoids are better and some blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That's what I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Only find out like they're Betazoid operatives and they're actually being affected by this thing too. But you can't really tell because the care, they have not changed their characterization. Yeah, exactly. One iota. Yeah. Which makes no sense, but okay. so that's, and then they, you get, a mention of Bendy syndrome and I go, okay, that's a nice mention. Cause yeah, that did happen. And then it's like, and then they start telling us, Oh, it's actually to that's doing it. I'm going, this feels last minute. This feels like y'all changed the episode halfway mm-hmm. through production. Yeah. And then like, um, I, I do have the same issue you have with the fact that security is not in charge of mental health. Yeah. That's the job of a ship's yeah. counselor, mm-hmm. which is a science division, not, Ops, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> someone in a blue shirt should have been talking to him about Miglimo. There is a counselor on There's this. Miglimo. Miglimo should have been doing this, but no, we had to have him uh, getting angry at a replicator because it didn't do regurgitated worms correctly. Hang on, I just realized another truckism I've got to bring up. Oh. The, re- the transport, the, the replicators never do worms correctly because it couldn't reproduce gah either. Gah being a Klingon dish that, and I quote, is best served live. Oh, okay. So worms and replicators do not mix. Because already dead. Especially since this one already has to be regurgitated yeah. because he's a bird. I get the thing, and I'm still like going. That's only baby birds that eat regurgitated worms. Mm-hmm. The adults actually have to chew them so that the babies can have them. Yeah, that makes more sense. Well, uh, the, the, the I know there's a joke about him being a mama's boy from season three. Yeah, and then maybe this is a continuation of that because yeah, he's I think it is. wanting a uh, nostalgic dish from his childhood, Good. which would be regurgitated worms. Right. I cannot blame the thought process there because I do like my mom's spaghetti. <laughs> Fair. And even though I know how to make the spaghetti, it always tastes better from her. True. But. Uh, No, they they completely wrecked the thing with the the secu- Granted, if you were going to do like maybe a secret society of laid back security got yeah. people, I could work with that. But this is not that. I was ex- that that plot line just died. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this is when when uh, Rutherford calls up Shax and says, "I've got another one for the program." Yeah, that's what I thought. I too. thought, oh, something cool's about to happen, uh-huh. and it's this. 
charades and word poetry yeah. slam poetry i'm sorry it was slam, slam poetry because that's what they said i don't know the difference yeah because <laughs> i've never been into that sort of thing and i'm like guys this is what everyone on the ship does do you not remember next generation where even data was painting picard was painting there you even made a joke in season one about people playing instruments in the rec room Mm -hmm. i'm half expecting someone to come up and start reading ode to spot because they liked data's poetry this is an actual poem they written yeah. and i'm not gonna read it i may read it before the end of this now because i've brought it up but <laughs> i'm curious if i can actually say the whole i also have to read it but, I'm, yeah. but it uses a lot of big words because it's yeah. data but anyway this episode is I honestly this is the weakest episode of the show period mm. weakest episode okay it's it's like the first real misstep there's been other episodes just like uh, I wouldn't have done that but it's fine yeah like uh mining the minds minds from last season with yeah. the uh the, the Klingon clowns remember that yeah I think so yeah, it was. It's a weird episode, and a couple others where it's like that's a weird choice, but it kind of made sense logically yeah. within the show, even though I didn't like it. This one was just off, like no matter how you cut it. Yeah, agreed. It's like they, on one hand, they leaned too far into Trek lore, but didn't explain enough to get to it, mm -hmm. and on the other end, they just like threw everything out the window for a sure. for a a poor joke yeah because the whole thing with with the security team was a poor joke it, it was. wasn't thought through yeah agree. um so yeah i i hate to say i don't oh and one last problem i have with this oh okay why did the betazoid operatives show give give uh give this uh thing to the cerritos crew that picture of the the mysterious ship the cerritos crew is not on a mission to find this thing yet no at all they should be giving this if they're if you're gonna be giving this to allies a give it to the captain because they didn't give it to the captain they gave it to talin yeah give it to the captain so she can report it to starfleet security or starfleet intelligence or here's a better point since the Cerritos does not need to know, and you don't need to be broadcasting this on an unopened line, an uh, un, unsecure channel. How about you contact Starfleet Intelligence instead of going through the captain? Yeah. You have connections because you're intelligence, and the Federation are your allies because you're members of the Federation. <laughs> you should be working together. Yeah. <laughs> What were these Betazoids going to do if they didn't decide to help this? If they didn't decide to help the Cerritos, what were they going to do with this information? Because they make it clear that the only reason they're giving it to the Cerritos is because they felt bad about uh, what they happened while they were there. Yeah, that was it. That was the only reason. What were they going to do if everything had gone fine? Yeah. Were they just going to report it back and let the diplomats? decide what to do with it and by that point other ships will get destroyed mm 
this episode bugs me. Fair. It's the the jokes don't aren't as funny in this one mm-hmm. as they have been in other episodes, and they are making concessions for the jokes that to the story that makes that part not work. Fair. And this show up to this point has been so good about straddling the line between humor and star trek style storytelling yeah but this episode just feels off and weird this is about as off as a mathematically perfect redemption Mm. that's really the the last worst because i hated that episode too Mm. even though it kind of made sense yeah but anyway do you have anything else before we cut out of here nope i'm good all right, so join us next week for a Ferengi episode. Oh, joy. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox at Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's Photo Bin, to see his photography. His letterboxed page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell, with a single L.